Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But you know what they weren't in these prayers? They weren't a conversation. Prayer is meant to be both a conversation and an invitation for God to participate in our lives. I'm going to read that sentence again. Uh, uh, is that prayer is meant to be a conversation and an invitation for God to participate in our lives. I did not understand this concept for the longest time. And when I finally started applying it to my prayer life, both my relationship with God and my life were completely transformed. One day it dawned on me the same way I had been made to feel neglected and taken for granted in the past failed relationships. I was probably making God feel the same way when I prayed at him, never waiting to hear what he said back. But me hurt God's feelings Why would he care enough to let me affect him? But then I realized, what do you think a personal relationship means? We hear this phrase all the time in church. Jesus died so that we might have a personal relationship with him. But do we really apply this? Do we really prioritize our time with God the same way we prioritize our relationships with humans? Do we tell him why specifically we are so worried or stressed or sad? Do we tell him our hopes and dreams like we would with other people? Then the author asked this question, which was the headline that caught my attention. Are you really developing your relationship with God? Or are you just going on a bunch of first dates? In the scripture we're going to look at tonight, we are reminded of the miracle opportunity. The opportunity that every individual here in this place has, and that is we can develop a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, but are you really developing that relationship? Or are you just going on a bunch of first dates? I want to preach to you from Romans chapter 5. That as a launching point, a sermon titled, Changing the Dating Profile. Romans chapter 5, let's read verse 10 and 11. says, for if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, 
Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have now received the reconciliation. Changing the dating profile. Let's set a foundation. Let's think firstly about the great separation. The great separation ever since the fall of man in the garden, the garden of Eden. This was paradise on earth. God's intended purpose, his intended plan. But when man rebelled from that point forward, every person born in the world is born separated from God. This is because Adam and Eve, uh, uh, they sinned, they disobeyed God's command, and immediately God judged their sin, and He separated from them. Genesis 3 and verse 23, Therefore the Lord God sent Him out, from the Garden of Eden. In other words, here was Adam and Eve. They're in paradise, in relationship, in connection with God. But sin brought a separation. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, Paul expounds on this thought. He says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, so also death was passed to all men because all have sinned. This is talking about this great separation that we are all separated from God because of the sin nature, because of the sin in our hearts. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. This is the great separation. Man from God. A separation through sin. Now, it's important to understand this was not the will of God. Right? How We preach the sermon, what do you do when you don't get your way? In life, you're not going to get your way. God doesn't even get his way. Because this was not part of his plan. God created us to know him. God created us to be in relationship with him. To be right with him. To be in communion with him. But that rebellious choice... From the garden and the sin in every one of our hearts tonight brought a curse on humanity. Brought a curse that, that separates us from God. But Jesus, Jesus is the hope to this separation issue. Jesus is the answer that we needed, verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. His son is 
Jesus Christ. And Jesus reconciles man to God. This word reconcile is probably not a word you use every day. But Webster's Dictionary defines reconcile as to restore relationship, to make acceptable. The Strong's Concordance, if you were to study that word in verse 10, it gives you these ideas from the Greek history. Reconcile means in our scripture to make different, no longer separated. That's what we're talking about, the great separation. But Jesus bridges the separation. Jesus reconciles man to God. And so in this bridge through Jesus Christ... When we receive that, when we put our trust in that, when we believe on that gospel, that good news, Jesus, number one, makes us different. When you get saved, you are different. This is a concept that is foreign to current Christianity, right? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, uh, 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 it says in Christ, uh, uh, he who is in Christ is a new creation. In other words, the old you begins to disappear and a new you in Jesus begins to take shape. You are Different. There's a separation now from sin, not from God. Secondly, in this reconciliation, Jesus makes us acceptable to God. Tonight, we can come into the house of God and worship Him, but we can also experience His presence. And that was something that wasn't always the case. In fact, throughout the history of the Jewish people, God dwelt in one place. I was just talking to my kids about the Ark of the Covenant. And I said, God basically lived in a fancy box. Literally, His presence, His power, His authority. If you wanted to get to God, you had to go to the Ark. You had to find it, and it dwelt in one place. Then once the temple was built, and Solomon built a temple to house and facilitate the presence and worship of God, the only place you could meet with God was at that temple. But tonight, through Jesus Christ, we can come boldly to the grace. In other words, we don't have to travel to Jerusalem to meet with God. We can meet with Him here. You can meet with Him at home. You can meet with Him where two or more are gathered. There I am. But we can even access that power, that presence only through Jesus Christ. As Hebrews writes, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find help in our time of need. Only through Jesus is that possible. Only 
because of Jesus is that possible. I've heard testimonies of people, they're in a desperate situation, they're caught in a trauma, they're facing uh, 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 harsh consequences, life is falling apart, and in a moment they cried out, God, if you can save me and change me, do it, and God met with them because of Jesus. Jesus makes that possible. Thirdly, in this reconciliation, Jesus makes us joined with God. We are no longer aliens, right? Uh, not the green kind, uh, but here we, we are citizens with God. We are part of uh, the promises that God has given to his people. And through Jesus Christ and his blood, that gives us access. That gives us access. He joins us into the family of God. Fourthly, is through Jesus Christ, this reconciliation, Jesus allows us to be in personal relationship with God. Jesus said in John's gospel, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. Who is the one who sent Jesus? God, the Father, sent Jesus. In my regular reading, uh, my devotionals, uh, Jesus says, I am the manna sent from heaven. The manna in the Old Testament was bread, miracle bread that fell from the sky. They didn't know what it was, so they called it manna. We don't know what it is. Manna, we shall call it. But Jesus makes an application I am the spiritual bread, come from heaven, come from God to feed your spiritual need. This is through Jesus Christ. This is the reconciliation. So our only hope and our only answer to the great separation, to relationship with God, is Jesus Christ. That's our only hope. John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That is a radical statement. No one comes to God except through Jesus. That was radical for the time, and that is just as radical today. So many, quote-unquote, Christians Believers, followers of God, think there are many roads to God. There are many ways to heaven. There are many ways to access this this uh, a miracle being, uh, this spiritual being. No, 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 Jesus said there is only one way. I am that way to the Father. This is the great separation The hope of reconciliation is Jesus Christ. Tonight, you will have an opportunity to invite Jesus Christ into your life and begin to build a relationship with God. Let's look secondly at building your relationship. See, it's critical we recognize how amazing this opportunity is. 
This is the greatest opportunity in all of life. Is to have a relationship with God. That is the greatest opportunity. There's people. I can make that statement. It, it means absolutely zero to you. It means little to you. No, a great opportunity is a college. A great opportunity is a, a relationship. A great opportunity is a job offer. A great opportunity is fill in the blank. No, the greatest opportunity in all of life is to build your relationship with God. But the issue is there are many who do not see the value. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 4 says, But the people's minds, the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever they read the testament, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ Jesus. There are people, something is hindering your relationship with God. Something is hindering your development in salvation. Paul says it's a veil. I'm not talking about a marriage veil, you know, uh, it's made of tulle and it matches the dress. And and, no, 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 we're talking something literally obscuring your vision, your ability to see Jesus. Something is blocking. It could be, what are some of the reasons that block? It could be, number one, you really do didn't repent. You, you, you never really got it. You never really gave your life to Jesus. Or you are unyielding in areas of life or in an area. In other words, you're fighting God on something. Forgiveness. You're withholding forgiveness. That's going to block your ability to see. Gossip, slander. That's going to block your ability to see. Hidden sin. uh, You're unyielding in some way. uh, That is going to bring a veil. Or you're chasing two gods. In other words, there's a part of you, I want Jesus, I want to go to heaven. I want to be blessed by God. But I also want money. Or I also want recognition, popularity, relationship. In other words, you're chasing two gods. Jesus said very clearly, you cannot serve two masters. And so... When you're chasing multiple things or replacing God's position, there's going to be a veil. You're going to be missing. You're going to be blocked in your relationship. Or, and this is the issue I'm really hitting on tonight, you're not giving much to the relationship. 
You're not going to grow. You're not going to know God if you're not trying to know him. It's like any relationship in life. If you're not giving, if you're not reciprocating, if you're not interested, then you're not going to know them. You're not going to know them. You ghost God. Right? Like people ghost. People brush on social media. Right? That's This is what you're doing with God. He's trying to reach, but you're not giving much to the relationship. Church is only when it fits. Reading the Bible is only after you've read every update and post on your Facebook. And if there's even time after that, you're not giving much to your prayer life. You're not witnessing there, you've never fasted. You have no Holy Ghost power. You're not tithing. I mean, the list can go on. These areas that build your relationship with God, you're not giving. There's a veil. So you have to see the value. When you see the value of what Jesus did and what Jesus still does, it will change your entire approach to the relationship. I'm, I'm talking tonight. Jesus gave you access to God. The one who created you, who formed you, who has a plan and a destiny and a purpose and a will for your life. When you don't see it, you don't care. But if I can show you through these words, I pray tonight, God, let me convey what's what you've shown me. Help me to convey what I... Because when you see it and when you get it, number one, it'll change your entire attitude. When you get it, Jesus died... And rose again so I can have, so I can know God. You know what? When you, when that clicks, when the penny drops, it changes your attitude. Changes your attitude about faith fundamentals. I mentioned things, church, Bible reading, uh, prayer, witnessing, etc. You know, when you don't get it, those things sound boring. Those things sound like an inconvenience. To your plans. But when you get it, man, it changes your attitude. I want to be. I want to be in prayer. I want to read my Bible. I can't wait to get to church. It changes your attitude. It changes your attitude about the time. It takes to put into the relationship. It changes your attitude about the energy it takes to put into the relationship. About the investment it takes to put into the relationship. It changes your attitude about a sermon, about an altar. 
changes your attitude about the people you serve with. When you see the value. When you see the value, secondly, it changes your priority. I grew up in the Prescott Church, the, the birthplace of this incredible move of God that we're part of. I never saw the Prescott Church under 400 people. I'm surrounded by people. Every service, there's people. I grew up under the best preachers in our fellowship. Week after week after week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revivals. We were there. We were present. I was brought. But until everything I'm talking about in my sermon went from here, my brain to hear my heart. That wasn't a priority. Knowing God wasn't a priority. Seeking God wasn't a... So it's not about the atmosphere. Right? You hear people, oh, you know, I'm a young person. I can't really live for God because there's not really a whole lot of young people. I was surrounded by young people. Didn't make a difference. Well, you know, we don't have a ministry for single mom, so I can't really, you know, we don't have a ministry for, we don't have a women's Bible study for, you know, we don't have a children's program for, you know, all that functioned in Prescott. But it's not the atmosphere. It's the point I'm making. You can have programs in place, but until it gets from here to here, it's, it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to make it a priority. Because the truth is, for many years, even into my adulthood, the things of God were not a priority. They were an inconvenience. Dull, boring, annoying. And think about this. The God of all creation would call to me in sermons, in altars. The God of all creation would convict me in 180 concerts. He would reach out at various times, calling me to relationship. But it wasn't a priority. I was prioritizing movies. I was prioritizing music. I was prioritizing family. I was prioritizing people, relationships. I had no problem prioritizing hobbies, no issue prioritizing work, no issue prioritizing college. It's even possible in a season prioritizing ministry, but still not the relationship. The relationship. Seeing the value will change your priorities. Lastly, it changes your commitment. Changes your commitment. You become faithful to his work. God's work. You become faithful and committed to his will. Committed to what he desires. 
committed to serving his people, committed to uh, his church and the work uh, in the earth, committed to services, uh, committed to ministry, committed to choosing to live differently. You have to commit to that, but it has to drop from something I know to something I believe. First Peter 1 7, your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter is writing and reminding believers, your relationship with God is the most valuable thing in life. Is it? Is it the most valuable thing in life? This is the most important, most inval- most valuable opportunity. Our scripture tells us we were enemies. Verse 10, we were enemies. We hated God and God hated our sin. We were hostile to his righteousness and that brought hostile judgment on our lives. That word enemies, enemies literally means adversary. You know, that's the name for Satan. That's what it literally means. Adversary. We were devils. But we were reconciled, invited to relationship. Verse 11, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. That word, the second time it's mentioned, verse 10 talks about being reconciled. It mentions that twice. But here in verse 11, we have received the reconciliation. The King James uses the word atonement. Atonement means a repair for wrong. Restoration by exchange. In other words, the reconciliation, the atonement means Jesus paid your sin bill. He paid your bill. He paid your debt. He paid for your wrongs. So that you don't have to, and so you can know God personally. So you can know God personally. When you get saved, when you really get it, His reconciliation makes us friends of God. Friends of God. Jesus said, there's no greater love than to die for your friends. Jesus says in John's gospel, I have called you friends. Can I tell you something? Friends know each other. They know each other. They know what each other likes. They know what each other is into. They know. They know their worries. They know their problems and issues and circumstances. They're working through. They know each other. That's a relationship idea. No, I call you friends. Jesus 
wants to build a friendship. His reconciliation makes us children of God. Jesus in the Lord's Prayer said, when you pray, say, our Father. Our Father. That's a relationship idea. Another scripture says, we've we've been given the right to become children of God through Jesus Christ. Parents and their children, that's a relationship idea. His reconciliation makes us heirs to the promise. Again, we've been grafted in through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, Literally, the idea is adopted into the family of God. We've been adopted and loved, received as his own. Again, we're talking relationship ideas. You need to see that God has done his part for the relationship. God is doing his part for the relationship. And God will do his part in the relationship. But are you doing yours? Let's close. Let's think about changing the dating profile. The only one who can change your relationship with God is you. You are the only one who can make the difference. Your relationship with God is not up to me. Your relationship with God is not up to my wife. It's not up to the people in this congregation. It's not up to your family. It's not up to your children. It's not up to your parents. It's not up to your spouse. It's up to you. You have to change the dating profile. The article uh, uh, ends with this that I read at the beginning. It ends with this. It said, start adding God to your planner. Practice talking to him like you would a friend and don't just talk. Wait and listen. You will be amazed at what God has to say in response. I've shared numbers of times. My my wife plans her week. And just this week, as I was putting this together, I noticed. I noticed in her daily planner. Top of the list is read and pray. In other words, she's writing God into life. Number one priority of the day. I need to meet with God. Changing the dating profile. Treat your relationship like a marriage. Which the Bible likens this relation to because it's the greatest commitment in all of life. The marriage relationship teaches us helps us understand the importance of the one we build with Jesus. Invite God into all of life. Invite him into your time. Invite him into your schedule, your priorities, your pursuits. Invite him into your dreams, your future. Get him involved in your family, on your job, with your money. Talk to him. Engage with him. Listen. For his voice, John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. How? There's relationship. That's what this is about, relationship. Tonight, God has given 100%. The question is, are you? 
I close with this scripture, Revelations 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. You know, in that scripture, we often use that in altar calls. God's knocking on the door of your heart, but Jesus is talking to his people. He's talking to his church. Will you change the profile tonight? Will you pursue relationship? I want to know God. I want to hear God. Well, give yourself to the relationship. Let's have every head bowed. Every eye closed tonight. I'm Tonight, before we pray together, I want to extend the invitation for salvation. Tonight, I've talked about having a relationship with God tonight. That does not, I'm not asking if you've heard about Jesus. I'm not asking if you simply believe in Jesus, believe that he existed, believe that he's the son of God. That's, that's, that's good to a point, but I'm not asking if you believe. I'm not asking tonight if you go to church sometimes or if your good outweighs your bad. I'm not asking tonight if you think you're a good person. Tonight I'm asking, do you have a relationship with God? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Have you repented of your sin and become born again and changed born again and changed transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ are you on your way to heaven are you right with God have you left the old life? The Bible says the, the old man, the old self, the old you. Have you left that behind and put on the new self, which is created in the image of God, in righteousness and holiness? Is your name in the book of life? This, these questions that I've asked they are yes or no questions. They are not, I think so, I hope so, I'd like to, I believe so. They're yes and no questions. Yes, I am right with God, or no, I know that I'm not. There's things in my life, Pastor, I know God would not approve of. There's things I'm doing. There's things I'm engaged in. There's things that I've done that I know. I know God would not approve of. I know God would find unacceptable. But tonight I want to be right with Jesus. I want to give my life to God. And I want to repent. And I want to be born again. And I want to have a relationship. Well, I want to tell you tonight, there is hope for you. There is hope for you because Jesus Christ, that is why he came. To reconcile you to God. To give you the opportunity to know him. To be free from sin. Free from the guilt. Free from the shame. Free from depression. Free from anxiety. Free from addiction. Free from on and on the list can go. He wants to give you a new start. A new life. And I wonder you're here say, Pastor, I want that. I need that. 
I know that I do. You'd lift your hand because you want to pray with me tonight and invite Jesus into your heart. Invite him into your life. Uh, amen. Uh, how many would there be? I see this hand in the back. How many others? Quickly, you join this honest heart. Uh, God is dealing with you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, don't worry about what someone will say or think. This is between you and God. He loves you. He cares for you. He's for you. He wants to give you a new start, a new life, a new beginning, a new creation. It's not about being good. It's not about doing things right according to this world. We all needed a Messiah. We all needed a Christ, an anointed one to cleanse us of our sin. Jesus is that. Jesus is the atonement. Jesus is the answer. We all need that no matter how good you think you are or how wrong you feel you've been. There is room for you. You can experience forgiveness. Maybe you're backslidden. At one time you knew God. Tonight, Pastor, I want to be right. I want to be right. You join this honest heart. How many would there be? Quickly, God is knocking. God is drawing. God is pulling. You say, yes, I want it. I want a new start. I want a new life. Oh, Father God, I bind rebellion. I bind hardness of heart. Quickly respond. Quickly respond. God's dealing with you. Your heart's bounding in your chest. You're weighing it out. Don't let pride, don't let your defenses blind you. Yes, say yes to Jesus. This is the most important decision. This is the greatest opportunity. God, I speak revelation right now. Revelation. How many would there be? You want to pray. Lift it high where I can see it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You lifted your hand in the back. You lift your head. You mean that tonight? I know that you do. Amen. You come forward and have someone pray with you. Here in a moment, uh, uh, get a man pray with this young man here. Be a tremendous blessing. Amen. A sinner's prayer. God be merciful to me, a sinner. I want to speak to Christians then tonight. You're saved. You're born again. But what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about tonight, prioritizing the relationship. It's like you're on a bunch of dates with God. I come as needed. I come if I'm available. I'm, there's a defect there. There's a defect because when we're reconciled, Jesus makes us different. He makes us acceptable, joined uh, 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 with God. And it changes our attitude, our priorities, our commitments. It changes. And you say, you know what? I want to give God my all. I want him part of every detail of my life. I want him involved in every angle of life, in every circumstance, in every situation. I'm going to treat my relationship that way. Giving a hundred percent. I guarantee, I guarantee you will not, you will not uh, uh, regret this. And with that said, next week in Revival, Revival is an opportunity to build your relationship with God. And all we're doing is facilitating an atmosphere where you can know God. You make a commitment even this night. God, I want to be part of all next week as much as, as much as I can. I'm going to be there and I want to receive and I want to know you and I want revelation. Maybe it's a prayer life. God, I'm inconsistent in prayer, but tonight I want to make a covenant with you. Maybe it's your Bible reading. I'm hit and miss. 
or I just read just to get chapters in, but I want to read to understand, to know you, to know you. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? That That's, that's huge. And that'll transform your relationship with God. So many angles here tonight. I believe God's dealt with people. This altar's prepared for, for us to go 100% with God to say, you know what? This is the most important thing. I'm going to make it that. I'm going to prioritize it. Let's stand together. These altars are open. If God has spoken to you, God has dealt with you. Just want to encourage you to come. Pray a few minutes before we close tonight. Uh, amen. If you see a visitor, gently deal with them. Uh, encourage them to repentance uh, as we sing tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. first with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Build our relationship with you. Prepare our hearts for revival tomorrow on Sunday, God. Sunday through Thursday, God, an outpouring. Challenge us, cultivate us, God, work in us. You are faithful, mighty Jesus. Let there be revelation tonight. I bind. I bind confusion. Oh, Lord, I bind weariness. Confusion. Shandala rebebekie. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, is three in one, I believe in the resurrection, for I believe in the I believe in God our Father, I believe, yes Lord, we make you king of our hearts, our God is three in one, God give favor and schedules, favor on the jobs, oh God, and I believe in the, hallelujah. Let's give God praise tonight. Lord, we thank you. Shandala rebebebe kiando robobobobobobosai. Father God, we worship and glorify you. Shandala rebebebe kiando robobobobobosai. You are faithful, mighty God, awesome King of kings.